You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Alex Barr, and today I'm joined by Jay Swanson, Chief Platform Officer at Moneybox. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hi. Very good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Jay, um, for, for our listeners uh, and for those who don't know a little bit about Moneybox, please tell us about you, tell us about Moneybox and, and where you are today. So um, Moneybox is, is, is entirely app-based. That was one of the key things that we set out uh, from, from the outset. Um, and, and it's basically uh, set up as, as an app with a suite of solutions to try and help our customers really achieve their sort of life goals that can be achieved through financial means to try and make it as simple uh, for people to go through that journey as possible whilst making it engaging, fun, and, uh, and, and obviously for them to be able to achieve the outcomes that they want to, uh, that they want to achieve. It's been running for a number of years now, and it was founded by um, Ben Stanway and, uh, and Charlie Mortimer, who really had kind of looked at this whole question of the fact that people are not well-equipped with financial planning sort of skills. It's not taught at school. Mm. It's, it's not greatly discussed among the Brits either, as we all know. Um, and they felt there was a real uh, need in the market there um, for those people. So, Jay, Moneybox has obviously been hugely, hugely successful in the UK. Actually, how many members or users do you have today? So we're over 800,000 users at the moment, and that's uh, continuing to grow a lot through social media and, of course, people becoming more and more aware through conversations with each other as these things grow. Sure, and obviously you see your advertising across London. I suppose a lot of people have got to know you recently as well through your your recent crowd raise, which was hugely successful. Yeah, it's exciting. It's the second time we've uh, we've done this, and of course, um, I think it's terribly important that if you're asking customers to put uh, faith in you as a company, you um, uh, it, it, that's a two way pipe, and um, if the company grows, they should be able to in, enjoy the benefits of that. So um, to have uh, a number of our customers becoming shareholders in our in our company mm. feels like a very, very good thing indeed. And, uh, you know, we've now had, uh, as I say, two crowdfunding uh, processes, and both have been hugely well subscribed. And it's, um, you know, it creates a great community of, uh, of, of users who have um, both an interest as a user as well as as an investor. And that can only be good for everyone. Yeah, agreed. I'm right in thinking it was the it was it the second or third most successful raise on on or crowd raise. Yes, the second most. It depends on on, on how you measure these things. And the, the earlier one that we did was also hugely successful. So we've seen these uh, we've seen these things uh, take very big get very big take up from um, 
from the customer base. And that, mm. that's, that's just great to see. I'm interested by um, uh, were, you, were most of the most of your recent crowd crowdfund investors from your customer base, or, or were they? As it was it an, an even mixture? Um, no, a, a lot of customer base. Um, yes, we would expect really um, yeah. that, that that would be the the large source of that. So yes, it does tend to be customer base focused. Obviously, there will be uh, others coming, and we will hope that they will indeed become customers as well. But customers are are, are a primary source. You caught me on my next question. Uh, <laughs> I wondered if your uh, if the crowdfunding uh, or the reason for you looking to raise money via crowdfunding, given that you are what I suppose a series C raised business already. Was it more of a, a, a was it a bit of a customer acquisition strategy as well? Yes, to an extent, but I think it is primarily about building and deepening relationships with customers. Now, of course, if that means an investor comes in and then becomes a customer, that's great if a customer comes in and becomes an investor Mm. equally. But um, we all know that the success of uh, any kind of savings and investing process Mm. is best achieved by uh, customers uh, taking a long-term view on it, and of course, from uh, from our point of view as uh, as, as investors and uh, you know mutual owners and the uh, you know we want those customers to remain with us for a long period of time and see them achieve their goals. Of course, um, given that your uh, your 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 raise was so successful, like you said, one of the second most most successful uh, to date on their platform. Um, uh, lots of our other listeners, maybe founders, would be would be interested to hear about um, about any learnings from the process that you t- that you went through from 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 raising money uh, on CrowdCube. Is there anything you'd like to share on any any key lessons or any for any other firms that are looking to follow suit? Well, I think we've used a number of different uh, media forms in there. We've obviously tried to uh, give a clear sense from an investment uh, analysis point of view mm. as to what the facts and figures are um, and how the how the progress has, has gone and how it's going. We've also tried to be as engaging as we as we possibly can about what it feels like to work at Moneybox, to be a customer at Moneybox. Mm. Um, so trying to share from a number of different angles. I think, you know, in this day and age, people expect to be able to look at uh, a company from a number of different lenses, don't they? Sure. They'll expect to be able to look at the products, to look at the background, to look at the management team, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and therefore making those lenses available to the customer in a convenient and easy manner means that there is a much greater chance of them thinking that the company is uh, worth investing. Mm, agreed. Take a different uh, tact. Um, I, I'm, I'm just, I was... We were talking earlier about the, the, the recent inclusion of your um, of your your new product, stock trading. I, I'm keen to, to delve into that a little bit more. Um, I, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about what's 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 on your roadmap for your your stocks proposition. Sure, so Moneybox uh, has really focused on um, to manage funds, mm. uh, track a fund propositions, really, sure. and of course for the sort of customer base that I'm. I was talking about earlier where people are discovering investing and starting to put smaller amounts, hopefully building to bigger amounts, then those funds are very sensible things for them to be able to invest in. 
However, we all know that we have an affinity towards certain brands. Hopefully, people have an affinity towards Moneybox, which is why they chose to invest uh, through the crowdfunding in Moneybox. And likewise, it makes sense that if customers feel that they have an affinity with a brand and or a company and think that it is doing the right things in the right ways for the right reasons, they may want to express a greater level of uh, investment interest in that company than merely through a managed fund. So even if we're looking at one of the very big brands, say Apple, that would be reasonably well represented in any kind of index tracking fund. But somebody may still feel that they want to um, invest more heavily Mm. in in such a company because they feel that its uh, products and its processes and the way it runs its company are appropriate for them. So giving them the opportunity to uh, expand their choices feels like the right thing to do. And that's why we're looking at allowing individual stocks as a means of investment. It's brilliant. I, I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be very well received by by the customer base as and when launched, which I believe is is is, is reasonably soon. The yes. uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued as um, how you see that changing. The um, it'll be interesting, of course, in the future to see the analytics of how that the usage of your platform changes across your customer base when there is a more. Uh, where there's a different style of product, for example, if you if you if you un- if you understand what we're yeah, it, 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 it is interesting. I, I think there'll be there will be a great number of people who are more than uh, comfortable progressively saving into investing tracker funds mm. to, uh, to to achieve their target financial outcome. That that will work very nicely for a great number of people. So I think we see it as um, supplementary um, and not really as a particular alternative or substitutional. We we definitely recognise that there are a number of very good online trading uh, sites that would work fine for somebody who wants to trade in, trade out during the day, mm-hmm. who is trying to uh, you know act like a professional investor in that regard. Mm-hmm. So we see this still as being very aligned to our long-term saving thing and uh, we are therefore obviously making sure that we have all the cap- capability to regularly invest into these. Uh, you will be you know, aware there's a great amount of literature around topics such as the sort of you know dollar uh, dollar cost averaging pound cost averaging uh, where you're basically smoothing volatility by regularly investing into something mm. and that would seem again a pretty sensible. Uh, approach for a number of people so uh we we see ourselves still as being on that same journey of helping uh, customers to 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 protect and manage within that environment sure and beyond beyond stock trading is there anything uh what else is exciting on the roadmap what else is coming Am I allowed to ask you? <laughs> so, crypto has been mentioned in the uh, in the press, um, and it's certainly something that we would we would look at. I think for for, for many customers, it is a uh, it is a, a, a genuine investment uh, device that they are aware of, and it's something that certainly should be considered. I don't think we 
would want to put ourselves in a position of trying to make a, a, a judgment as to the wrongs or rights. But we would certainly want to be comfortable about uh, ensuring that customers had uh, appropriate levels of understanding and that they, again, uh, that they have the ability to manage volatility if we were to go into that. So we're, look, we're, we're definitely going to look at that. That is something that uh, that we should be looking at. I, I think we also remain very excited about the work that we've been doing uh, on lysis because we are mm. the UK's biggest provider of lysis And one of the real thrills that we get uh, pretty much every day is the joy of hearing from our customers about their house buying experiences. We've helped over 30,000 uh, of our customers now buy their first homes. And that's that's genuinely uplifting <laughs> through some tough times where we've all been in lockdown and mm. running businesses through COVID to know that there's customers out there whose lives are being improved by uh, their ability to use the money box services to achieve these financial outcomes mm. it is pretty uplifting. And, um, and we're delighted that so many of our customers have done that. And, and I guess we would be hoping now that they're enjoying being in their first home. They may indeed be also now looking to, uh, to save and invest with us further as, the, as they progress forwards. And we'll look to help them with their mortgage where, uh, for, for those that are looking to buy a new home. And we'll be looking to continue to help them uh, save and invest within their new home. Mm, excellent. Yeah, it seems it seems very much that whilst whilst um, more day trading investing is is of course on your roadmap, I think you use the word supplementary to your core business, which you're win, which you're winning which you're winning awards. Yeah, for right and now. I would definitely not see us as uh, as looking to enter that day trading uh, end of things. It, we we would see this as very much. A, a, a steady mm. uh, saving and investing process. I, I think we would not. Yeah, we, we we in the same way as we're not seeking to be in retail banking. I wouldn't want to be at this juncture to, to be thought of as being involved in trying to offer services for day trading. I think there are specialist uh, services that support that, and just the same way as the specialist. Uh, mainstream that uh, that support retail banking very well uh, sure. not something that we, we we could or should be doing at this juncture sure and to to go on to well to continue on the on the, on the roadmap slightly i think I'd, I'd like to hear your views as obviously as you've been in fintech for, for, for many years and as a chief platform officer you see projects from from all the way from their inception all, all, all the way to, to the to their launch i think our listeners would be be very keen to hear about maybe some of the challenges you've faced or, or maybe about some of the experiences that you've had with launching, launching either, either the, some of your investment products or, or, or any product in, in, in general, really that, that, that pop, pops into your head. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as I say, we're, we're, we're app led and that gives us the ability to, to be pretty nimble with what we put out there. We put, mm-hmm. uh, we put app updates out there every single week. And the teams work very hard in very focused units to drive those changes through. We do an awful lot of uh, experimentation and we try to understand how best to represent something from a customer's point of view. Where we have been looking 
in uh, payments areas, for instance. We've been looking at how to give customers the ability to do one-off payments through uh, open banking. Yeah. But still in parallel with that, we want customers to continue to be using such devices such as direct debits to continue to save into their products. We don't want them to to end up relying entirely on just one-off decisions. So balancing those things becomes incredibly important. We're not just throwing stuff out there and seeing if it sticks on the wall. We are obviously designing things, refining things, and then continuing to, to work that through. So that's, I think, one of the greatest joys of the whole sort of fintech piece is that we just see change as a way of life. If I went back and I can get back, 20 years or so, (laughs) then uh, most of us would probably have seen change as attractive, but also very worrisome. Change was usually the point at which something went wrong with the systems or went wrong with the processes, and then we all had to scrabble around. (laughs) We are now much more used to how to manage that change and run that in a very uh, quick cycle. And that's, I think, exciting for our customers and exciting for all of us because it feels that whatever we discuss with our customers, find as a good idea, we can bring to market pretty fast. And that's just really uplifting to be able to do that. It sounds like um, it sounds like uh, what you use the, the the term balance. It sounds like but your experience at Moneybox has been around. Well, I suppose innovation of your product whilst keeping the mainstay of uh, everything robust and working for the for, for the customers uh, throughout. I'm interested on your uh, on your view on on maybe a, a, the recent. I want to say consolidation, but also recent changes in, in, in the wealth tech, wealth management space, where a few people have been, been purchased recently or a few mergers have been announced. I'm interested in your view of the future of, of wealth tech and people moving towards exit strategies and whatnot. Sure. So, yeah, it's, quite, it, 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 it's genuinely a very interesting one because you've obviously got some, some big players out there in the sort of platform type of market. We'd certainly see ourselves as, as, as getting up there, but there are some uh, large incumbents like Hollywood's Lansdowne who are already out there and are, are successful listed companies, well-capitalized, etc. So it kind of raises an interesting question as to what would be the value of any such uh, mergers or acquisitions for some companies. We are obviously entering some strange times in the markets. Uh, What's Elon Musk's uh, phrase? Super bad feeling, I think, was his his phrase more recently when he announced some redundancies. The markets are obviously bouncing around quite a lot. And now would be a, uh, a difficult time for some people, I suspect, to raise monies. Mm. So that might uh, might lead people to need to do deals in order to bolster their balance sheets. I, I think then there's also a number of incumbent retail banks, wealth managers, etc., who might be looking to augment their capabilities by acquiring some fintech type skills. But you're still going to look carefully at what those uh, synergies might be, the extent to which. The cultures might clash, the extent to which the technologies might 
not be redeployable, the extent to which the customers may have no synergy. So actually, are you just becoming a parent of something that you probably shouldn't be a parent of? Sure. Yeah, history is littered with a number of those uh, acquisitions that have been made in expectation that somehow the new acquisition will transform the parent. But culturally, that's not how the acquisition was done. And therefore, the parent ends up transforming the, uh, the, the acquisition. So these things are quite tricky. I think if you wanted to do such a thing, you have to be very, very conscious of the role that you then play as as a parent of uh, of such a thing, and as I say, history is littered with a number of instances where, with the right original desire, the outcome has not been achieved. So I'm I'm probably healthily sceptical on some of those things. Healthily sceptical, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I I would I would say, given the macroeconomic trends that we are seeing or have coming in the future in the next. Oh God, I, I hope not as long as <laughs> as long as I'm reading. But um, in the news, I think we'll still we will probably still see people buy rather than build themselves. Though, if you yeah yes, I mean if if you have cash, then obviously you're in a strong position in a situation where the market is looking quite tight. We we've got a lot of cash as a result of the fundraising crowdfunding that we did. And that very, very well timed, Jay. Very well timed. <laughs> um, uh, I'd love to tell you that was perfect planning, but if I could uh, if if I could um, uh, identify downturns in markets as well as that, I'd, I'd be much richer. So. Um, so the, the interesting thing there is we've got we've got a good spread of solutions that we can help our customers with because obviously we've got uh, investing solutions. But we've also got straightforward savings solutions, and we've got mm. good rates on, on on a number of those products. And we have a lot of customers, as I say, in in the LISA product, and that's yeah. kind of a, an important means to an end because even though people may be feeling a hard time from the uh, so-called cost of uh, of living crisis, but certainly in not having as much disposable income. Mm. Notwithstanding that, it is still a great number of people's aim to to end up buying their their, their first home. Mm. And um, and therefore, the fact that we have a a very good solution for that particular need uh, still puts us in a a very strong position to continue to uh, achieve our aim. Of, you know, of helping customers to achieve these outcomes uh, with us. It doesn't purely have to be through an investing lens. Uh, I'm, I, th- I think it'd be quite interesting to um, see your analytics of how your platform usage has been changing over recent times. Have you seen, uh, have you seen your customer base move th- their money around slightly more into different areas or different, different products based on what's happening in, like, economically? So it's interesting. We 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 we've done an awful lot of work on on so-called education, trying to help people to understand that actually it is the nature of markets that they will bounce up and down, mm. and that as I say, so you will basically smooth out that volatility by progressively and continually investing in those markets. Sure. Uh, it is unless the, the, the macroeconomic environment changes entirely. It is the nature of, uh, of facts that capital markets will increase over a prolonged number of years. So 
to pick up that gain in the safest manner, you said to McCann, the received wisdom is generally to, 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 to invest regularly. So we have been working very hard to try and share that message. I think we're very well set up in both our culture and the whole way we've got the app set up, which is why I was making the point as well about the US stocks, that we see those as things that you would save regularly into rather than necessarily things that you just buy as one-offs. Sure. Um, and therefore, we do what we do see is that customers understand that they will ultimately achieve their outcomes best by continuing to make investments. So we see, of course, you would see some uh, downturn in the number of spontaneous one-off investments that you will see coming in from customers. And that that's kind of the human condition, isn't it? None of us is going to be inspired on a lazy Sunday afternoon to go and spend what we've got on some bouncing markets. So that does make a degree of sense. But what we're really delighted by is the fact that customers continue to make their um, regular direct debit payments in. And we feel that you know that's a strong evidence of how we have helped those customers who wanted to understand more about how to manage their investments to manage their investments in in a way that you know the regulators and others would be would be proud of. So you know we're proud of that as well. Sure, better. better I would agree with you. Better financial literacy, better, better, better investing experience, better wealth overall. I suppose. Jay, I'm 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 interested, and I like to ask this question. I'm interested, especially when I speak to a wealth tech. I, what What are you most excited about? for now and the future for the, for the wealth tech space? It's obviously been booming with this last 18 months, two years. Um, what, what are you most excited about for the, for the coming years for it? So I think the, you know, the whole on-demand nature of things is, is, is really where this stuff now starts to move to. We are seeing with open banking the ability to uh, you know, make transactions very fast and under the Transaction price that is affordable for for any of your listeners that that don't know. You know, if you're trying to do transactions through debit cards or credit cards, they can be pretty expensive. They can consume quite a lot of cost. Whereas um, open banking, instant bank transfers move fast and uh, under a considerably cheaper to run. So that's that's great because that's the benefit of customers and to ourselves. We're still seeing a number of of those banking and payment processes mm-hmm. that are still taking a number of uh, of days to run. And we're seeing, again, ways in which those are starting to speed up. We're seeing exciting things happening from uh, some aspects of government. The DWP has been working on the pension dashboard and trying to drive people as to how to be able to um, transfer and consolidate their pensions better. I think that's excellent because we're dealing with quite a number of uh, customers in the sort of 25, 35-year age bracket. Many of those will have changed jobs two or three times, maybe more. They will have had pensions at different of those companies. And odds are, that those pension letters are probably still going to their old rented accommodation somewhere else, Mm. and they've moved on. So they will themselves be losing track of this. 
uh, that's not a good thing because it means that they're not managing them, they're not able to look after them, uh, they're not informed about this very valuable asset that they've got. So I think it's great that the that the government and the, the, and the relevant minister has been pushing this uh, this agenda to try and help people to get more control over what is probably after their house their next biggest uh, asset and it feels crazy that it's so um uh so sort of left in the wilderness so excited to see that again open finance you know moving from um banking uh, onto the whole idea of opening up finance so that you can start to exchange information more clearly about what you're doing in a great number of other different aspects of finance and utilities, etc. seems like a very good move because all of this will ultimately then lead to innovation and entrepreneurship from the fintech community and the new fintech community to drive better and better solutions for customers. So there's so much stuff out there that's going to increasingly empower customers to be able to make smart choices and get more control over what they're doing, which I I think when you look back 15, 20 years and people had, you know, wallet files stuff full mm. of uh, letters and statements and this, that and the other that they were trying to desperately keep track of something with, the idea that um, in the future this can be all overseen through an app and managed through that process feels very, very useful to everyone. Yeah, and it's moved very, very quickly. <laughs> lots, has, lots has happened very quickly. That divergence from neo-banking now to, I would call, neo-broking almost, and wealth tech has been a, a very, very fast and quick move. Uh, well, thanks to, in part to Moneybox, I suspect. Um, Jay, look, it's been great having you on with us today. For those who want to get in touch with you, get in touch with Moneybox, what is the best way for people to get in touch? So there's a number of routes that you can come through through social media. We've got uh, a website up there, Moneybox app. And, of course, uh, download the app. It costs uh, it costs nothing to download the app. And you can have a look at all of the great products that we've got there. We've got good ratings on uh, on Android and, uh, and Apple. So uh, hopefully, if your uh, listeners do download it, they'll enjoy using it. Perfect. Jay, thank you once again for joining us. Great to catch up. Um, We'll look forward to having you on again soon. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.